Hello and welcome back to Customer Marketing Catch-Up. Today we are going to be talking to Megan Sullivan on customer marketing within the digital workplace. First though, here is a very quick word from our sponsors, Influitive. This podcast is brought to you by Influitive, the world's number one customer marketing and advocacy platform designed to supercharge customer engagement and deliver social proof at scale. From referrals and references to reviews and video testimonials, Influitive does it all. Close more deals all with a customer-first approach through Influitive. So welcome back, everybody, to Customer Marketing Catch-Up. Today, we are joined by the wonderful Megan Sullivan. How are you today? Very well, thank you. And thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this topic today. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Um, And welcome back again to co-host Ari Hoffman. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited. Megan's bringing me energy, so it's going to be a good talk. Always, always. Yeah, and uh, the topic that we are going to be talking about is um, very relevant to to what you do in your work day at the moment. We're going to be talking about customer marketing in the digital workspace. Um, And to begin, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you are at in your career and how you currently got here? Sure. Well, as as you said, Eve, my name is Megan Sullivan, and I'm currently the customer programs marketing lead for Google Workspace. So that is Google's productivity and collaboration suite that I'm sure we all know and love. Um, Prior to that, I have been at Google for about three and a half years and I've been in this role for a little over six months. And before then I was a part of the Google Cloud team specifically focusing on GCP also in customer programs. And at Google Cloud, when we say customer programs, we really mean all things customer advocacy and reference marketing. How can we get our fantastic customers to share their stories? And really, how can we have our customers uh, tell our stories um, and have our marketing really focus on the customer voice? Um, Prior to that, I've been in the customer marketing and advocacy space for for several years now, um, working at some startups and some some mid-size organizations like Better Cloud, Sunday Sky, and Cloudera. Um, I really got my my feet wet in customer marketing and referencing at Cloudera, where I, that was my first time in any marketing role at all. And I really learned from my my manager there, Steve Tui, you know, how we can tell customer stories the importance of building strong relationships from, with our customers. And that was really you know, already inherent in how I worked day to day because prior to that role, I was actually in sales. I was an inside salesperson working with customers every day, uh, supporting my account executives. And really my goal was to make them successful with our products and services, which is no different you know, than what I'm doing today, which is still making our customers successful just in a different way. So really having that sales background, understanding the importance of relationships with our customers uh, is, is kind of big in my lifeblood. Uh, and that's you know where I took it over from sales and brought it into marketing. So that journey, I think we see a lot in, in this field, right? A lot of us customer marketers may have been in maybe some kind of sales function before or some kind of role where we were working directly with customers. Um, and I think that we flex, we flex that muscle in our marketing roles today. Yeah, so absolute wealth of knowledge right there with all the experience that you have in terms of 
all of the different varieties of interacting with customers. Um, so to start simple uh, with the topic that we're going to be covering today, um, what would you say are the core differences between interacting with customers digitally versus interacting with them in person? So I think, you know, as customer marketers, most of the interactions we have with our customers, right, are digital interactions. We email them, we reach out to them, we maybe, maybe we chat with them, we have video calls, hopefully over Google Meets. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so most of us are very, very accustomed to interacting with our customers digitally, you know, every day this day and age. Um, and we found ways, you know, to find meaningful connection um, with our customers and teammates, you know, even when we're not in the same room as them. But of course, there is something special about, you know, when we can meet our customers in person, you know, maybe we're with them for a video shoot or, you know, for a video testimonial or we're meeting them at a, our customer conference or, or even just grabbing coffee, right? You know, there is something special when we can make that, that human connection. Um, so I think often that's maybe what is missing when everything is 100% digital. And of course, we all experienced that over the past couple of years. Um, you know, we're really, you know, we're telling human stories. So and these are, you know, real life people, not just like <laughs> email addresses or zeros and ones um, or contracts, right? So when we're able to meet people in person um, that, you know, maybe live halfway around the world, it, that is a meaningful connection. So just, you know, then there's this, this other side of it where, of course, we know that meeting all of our thousands or hundreds or millions of customers based on where we work is, is not possible physically. So, you know, in, and, and when we were preparing for this, this podcast just before we started recording, right, Ari, you were talking about scalability. Um, so really being able to digitally connect that's scalable. It's also sustainable, right? We're not traveling. We're not getting on airplanes. Um, we're, you know, saving, you know, maybe saving some of those really valuable resources that we're all that are that's top of mind for us right now. So refining a way to successfully connect meaningfully digitally, that's going to be a, a key to success moving forward, regardless of your field, but especially in marketing when we're customer marketing, when we're trying to connect with so many customers at scale. You know, digging into what Megan has really, you know, topped, I never thought about the uh, resource management of a digital place, right? And, or play, I should say. And it's true. And I, I can say, one, I'm going to give a little nod to Google here and the suite of tools. I'm doing a major campaign, this Fearless 50 and Elite 18 campaign. And I have these extremely... Um, well-known judges like they are as big and as bold as they get and mm -hmm. not just customer marketing world but in all digital space and i'm completely supporting that entire campaign through my google suites and there's no i haven't had a single call or personal interaction it has all been digital connection with these judges and how they're interacting with us and through like six or seven different google tools i love that Ari. i love to hear the asynchronous digital connection right yeah. because again that's all about connecting and we never have to jump on a call that's so foreign we almost reject that sometimes but yeah. asynchronous collaboration is is definitely a part of future strategies for all 
especially when you're dealing with these elite executives, right? Their time. Yeah. And so we're trying to show them that they can be involved with minimal touch, right? And mm-hmm. that the footprint of this and what it means to their day-to-day is going to be minor, right? And mm-hmm. so, and they're loving it and they're engaging and they're actually responding. And so it's, it's you're, you're totally right. Um, I, I didn't think about it in that context right now. So great yeah. point. Right. And even with as, as customer marketers, right? What's the one thing, as soon as we ask a seller, hey, we want our customer to do this. They want to know how much time it's going to take from the customer what you know what before they even want to know what the ask really is right because you know we only want to bring be bringing value or truck to our customers and very often taking their time can be perceived as uh you know losing some of that value so if we can say hey we only actually have to collaborate in in this in this doc or um you know we only have to hop on one meeting at the end and everything else will be over chat and email um, absolutely. That's where the digital, you know, digital collaboration and, and kind of this digital strategy can come into play when reinforcing, you know, a, a, a strategy for executing a marketing activity. It seems like there's there's definitely um, with digital, you know, marketing in general, there's a lot of perks to it for sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, how how it, it definitely makes interacting easier. And so my, I think one of my questions is going to be, um, have you seen um, a change in customer marketing over the last couple of years, given how much the digital space has been changing and developing, uh, you know, with kind of COVID and even particularly with AI this year? Um, how is that um, or have have you seen an impact or a change in how people approach customer marketing within this digital space? Certainly, I, I, we've seen, of course, we've all seen the changes, we felt the changes. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, big challenges, big obstacles, you know, the elephant in the room being COVID, um, you know, they can they can be difficult and we'll have to make some pivots but they also the the on the other end of them we have new strategies that have brand, have brought a positive impact on how we work day to day and i think that you know when we're you know we're when we're able to connect with more customers at scale because of a digital strategy or because of the digital you know work places that we're creating um, you know we're not just we're not you know we're not just meeting and discussing reference and advocacy but we're also executing reference and advocacy like Ari mentioned before he's he's building an entire campaign with digital tools um you know I'll, I'll give an example on the topic of COVID you know when COVID hit at Google we were planning our biggest event of the year from a cloud perspective we were planning Google Cloud next COVID hit we go into lockdown and like like probably most people that were also planning their biggest events of the year we had to figure out how to take a global a, a global event that normally took place in person with 50,000 people in a event space in the bay area and we needed to be able to give them give our customers we owed it to our customers to give still give them a great experience the speakers the participants the people that were going to come and learn and build skill we had to we want we had to pivot and and you know, our first year in COVID, we, you know, we had a, uh, a several week program. And then we learned a lot from that. We learned about digital fatigue. We learned about 
um, you know, engagement uh, with online events. And then the next year we pivoted to a three-day event, right? So we're all learning about how can we create these successful digital events? And now, and now we're, we're in person again, right? We're actually gonna have next this year in person, but we still hold our digital summits. I'm actually right now planning our Google Workspace Summit and that's gonna be 100% digital. And we have speakers in those sessions from every region across the globe. And that maybe would not be possible if the event were, were in person. We have one panel where we have a speaker from Singapore, a speaker from the UK, and a speaker from the US. And that they may not have been able to be all in the same room, you know, talking and, and kind of bouncing off each other to make a high impact session. Um, another example is probably one of the most one of the videos, the customer videos I'm most proud of is one we filmed during COVID. With Ulta Beauty, we went, we had a skeleton crew, just, I think two people, a camera person and a sound person in the store, PPE, everyone. Um, and then myself and our director were actually interviewing the customer on a, com on a computer that was on a stool from my, from my apartment. And the you would never know it by looking at that video. It is one, like I mentioned, one I'm most proud of. And maybe it was because we were all in it together and everyone was so pumped up to just be making a customer video again. But now we learned how to do remote filming and we still do that because of, you know, we talked about resources before. It, it's better from our from a budgetary perspective, right? To send less people out, um, to buy less plane tickets. Uh, for, for crew and stuff like that. And we can still get a really high impact result. We may have never stumbled across this idea, maybe without being limited by you know, a global pandemic. And I don't know, Ari, if you have come across uh, the same type of activities. I know you all are constantly holding digital webinars that have a lot of attendees. And I don't know if you learned similar things through, through having to pivot uh, and really embrace this digital strategy. Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll absolutely, and and without a doubt, um, because of COVID, we've been introduced into people's homes more regularly now, right? Being we are so much more intimate at a human level, even though we're digital, we're further away, but we're more connected than we've ever been. And yeah, we we do get that fatigue, right? We get that screen time fatigue, yeah, totally. But what I also think is true is we aren't working in the same way. We get more breaks. We're, we're with our families. When my kids get home, I'm at home, right? They mm -hmm. walk in the door and I'm there to greet them and get a hang with them. And I pause on work for a little bit to have that FaceTime. But back to what you're saying, like, you know, we all got creative because of COVID. So we actually recording kits. It was a box that popped open, had microphone, like literally on stands that popped out of the box, camera, high def camera, microphone everything so that they could film themselves and it would look high quality and then we would have different locations they could stand and move it so we could do multiple scenes and we did just like you there was an ipad that came, that came out of the box there was an ipad that had its own um tripod and they would set that up and that's how we would do it so it's, it's really fun to hear that there are so many different ways that this has yeah. happened um and and i will say you know Previous to COVID, one of the things that I like to do because we always used to be so professional and manicured with our videos and our interviews. And those sometimes come across, you know, as a commercial paid for. Yep. And so I used to always do this, this personal style, low budget, 
kind of raw like it, it feels like the interview is like someone's getting a glimpse a sneak peek into a private conversation and now that covid's happened that's how so much is done that i'm actually going right. back to more professional cuts and actually going back so we all learn to you know ebb and flow with where the times yeah. are to be creative with that yeah i love that 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 idea and i think i probably we all we all see things and we all you know there's you know need to reinvent the wheel a lot of times where, you know, you see on your LinkedIn feed, you know, someone doing something interesting and you're like, Oh, how can I do that? You know, at, at, at my team with my, my customers, we're actually really trying to do more authentic videos like that. Right. Um, some of us may be familiar with a tool called vocal video, and we actually use that to collect what we're calling our Google workspace user love videos. And it's really all about just, just tell me why you love this product. Tell me something interesting you built with it. Um, you know, we don't need B-roll. Um, you know, we don't, and you know, with vocal video, you, you film right on your device and, you, and it's, you know, again, it's super scalable. It allows us to collect more customer voices than we ever could before. And whether you're using vocal video or you're using, you know, your own personal device or recording on a, a Meet, um, or a Zoom, maybe, <laughs> it, you know, it's really these authentic voices, you know, people love to hear them. Um, and it, it's then it's another tool in your tool belt. Whereas maybe before we, we had some, maybe, you know, a, a shorter list or a shorter menu of, of, of opportunities for our customers to pick from. You just made me think there, there's a new idea for Google. We need a video editor in my Google suite. We do all our recordings through Vouch, which I think is a lot like vocal. Right. We do all ours through Vouch and it's so scalable, so easy. And you can integrate it into any, you know, platform wherever you are. And so, but then I store it all, right? The downloads all in my Google Suites. I would love to right. be able to add the extra branding and the extra stuff that you can, you know, and a lot of those digital ones, you can add some branding, light touches. Mm -hmm. Yep. Light touches. When we need to really beef it up, it would be great if Google gave us a video. Editor. Taking notes. I'm taking notes now for our product teams. Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a gold gem, gold mine there. Um, so kind of what I've been hearing really is that uh, the digital workplace really is, it's a wonderful tool to be able to, it's a wonderful tool that has a lot of adaptability in terms of being able to accommodate human resourcefulness shall we say, in terms of how adaptable it can be in terms of, you know, dealing with issues, dealing with problems like COVID, how do we carry on within, you know, in this particular scenario? So I am jumping around a little bit, but I was wondering if, um, are there any particular go-to strategies that you have for supporting your work within this kind of digital space? Yeah, I can share uh, a few of a few of mine that I, I use today. I've adapted over the years because, right? You know, you learn things and you take them from organization to organization, team to team. Um, one thing that I I use the digital, you know, in, within the digital space and with my digital tools, I really like to have, you know, maybe regular monthly, quarterly, you know, whatever works um, meetings over digital tools like like a video conference um, with my with my top advocates or with with some of my you know most leaned in super fans mm. um, and, and their comms teams as well right because really what i'm trying to do is build a partnership um, uh, build some this connection with with your customers 
Um, you know, I also like to use tools like chat or whatever your whatever your um, you know messaging messaging tools are. If you if you can chat and communicate with our customers beyond those meetings too, right? Um, you know, chat with their comms teams, chat with your customer advocates directly. Maybe build this like less formal relationship with them as well. That still helps you build your partnership, right? Because I really like to be a part of their team. Um, you know, their goals are my goals. I want to make them successful through participating in, in our marketing and advocacy activities. Um, and I, I want to break down those walls um, of some of like the more formal aspects of advocacy and reference, referencing um, that sometimes exists, especially with marquee customers, um, and especially when we can't be there in person. So I think it's really important to like embrace these digital tools um, that you know enable these marketing activities, but also enable connection. Um, those are just some strategies that I've had. Um, almost like reverse strategy is is no strategy, and just being a little bit more informal and using digital tools to do that. Yeah, so what, what kind of tools, I, I know that both you and Ari have mentioned some throughout this episode, but what, what specific tools do you usually use when you're interacting with your customers? So, you know, you may have guessed this, but I exclusively use Google Workspace tools to connect with my customers, <laughs> right? Um, I, I, you know, connect with them on my Pixel phone and I exclusively connect with them with Google Workspace. Did this just turn into a Google Workspace commercial? Maybe, but what, what's really exciting is regardless of the productivity and collaboration suite or strategy that your organization has, you're likely connecting with them over video conference, like Ari mentioned before. You know, we, uh, you know I, if I could think when I was a seller, several, several years ago, a lot of my connection with that customer was calling them. I had a headset, I was calling them, I had a phone on my desk. You know, where are those phones now? They're collecting dust somewhere, right? Because we're all getting on a video conference and we're, we're more connected with our customers than ever because we can see their faces, which is, which is fantastic. And again, we can chat with them on our, our our chat uh, platforms, our messaging platforms, whichever one you do use, I use chat, which gives us the ability to chat with people, whether they're in your um, in your organization or outside of your organization, you could create spaces with them. I know other messaging platforms have similar, you know, similar uh, capabilities so that you can, you know, chat with several people at once. And again, that asynchronous collaboration to uh, still connect and, and get work done um, and again, we can use those video conferencing tools to film marketing content, right? Some of us are filming customer videos over our video conferencing tools. Um, we would have never, who would have thought we would be doing this, but we, we started doing it during times when we were, you know, stuck in our houses or apartments, and now we're still doing it. And I'm sure Ari, you may be using different productivity and collaboration suites, but you may be using similar tools in similar ways, but what are some that, that you use a lot? Yeah. So, I mean, I will tell you right now, I live in, in, I live in Google slides, right? Whenever I'm pitching a new idea or campaign, where do I start? I start with a Google doc and a Google slide, right? That's for internal work a lot of times, but then I use those I'll, I'll cannibalize those same slides to make external facing slides to get buy-in. I use Google Forms. I literally, 
just use them. We customize them. We throw YouTube videos into our Google forms. Like I'm, I'm telling you, I am a Google suite, like junkie. I love it. But for, for our advocate activities, right. And creating that personalization at scale for our customer base, we use Influitive, right? That's right. We are an advocacy marketing engine that helps you scale kind of digital relationships and personalize those challenges. So we use that a lot. We heavily lean into that. And that's what has made us kind of the, the leaders in our space, right? Is that yeah. know what it's like. And that's why, let's be real, that's why they came after me and why I work here now, right? Because I was the person they've historically sold to over the last 10 years. And so mm -hmm. they, they care about listening to the customers, i.e. me, and, and our peers, and really adopting the, the platform to suit what we need it to do for us, right? right? And I think one of the big questions we're missing here is where does digital go wrong? And you nailed this earlier in the inverse where you said you have to be human. We are humans at the end of the day. And that's where digital goes wrong. When you forget that you are dealing with human beings, not numbers on a screen, right? And you talk to them like they're just a number or your their engagement activities are just a number you lose, right? right. That's when you can really fail. And it's a lot harder to make up a relationship and rebuild when it's digital than it is when you're a person, right? You know what? You really took me out of context. I'm so sorry about this. Let's get together over a cup of coffee. Let's hash this out. That is something, you know, is not quite as easy because what happens, they just disconnect. They just turn off. Mm -hmm. Too much noise. There's too many other things they have to do. And so when you miss that, and that's, I think, something that Google honestly does really well. Think about the size, the scale of Google, the sale. And yet it feels like a little startup company almost that you can reach out and touch and I can call somebody, you know, it's, it's right. And I, when, I, when I say I'm a Google junkie, like you have no idea. Like I, I'm a Google um, guides master. I have over 200 million views as a Google guides contributor. Like, wow. I can, yeah, they always try and fly me out to the conference. And so I'm, I'm a good, like you couldn't be having, you couldn't have a better person to build up Google than me on this call. Right, Eve, I'm gonna need to get this recording for a customer testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we love to hear it. And I think I, I couldn't agree more, right? What you all are doing at in Fluidive and um, is, you know, creating this opportunity so that you're really pinpointing like, what is the customer advocacy journey? And um, can we carry our advocates through that? Are we enabling them to build community? Are we making it seamless for them to interact with us, right? And all of these are digital tools. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we need to have these in place in order for our customers to have a good experience because tools like, like Influitive or, or other tools out there, you know, enable a frictionless experience with this, you know, advocacy engagement, you know, and again, building community, right? We, we, it, that's a digital, that's an element of digital strategy is having this community for your customers. Um, and, and that's super important. Um, and you have to build it. If you build it, they will come. You must build it for your, your customers. Sometimes customers build it themselves and then you can kind of help to nurture that. Um, but I think that you, you need to be a part of it. So very often, you, you know, having those tools in place to kind of make it even better or build it in the first place. Um, are key for this for this digital strategy, and I think also you mentioned you know you know we mentioned uh, collaborating with our customers, um, you know kind of hearing from them and and 
having them be a part of the advocate, you know, having them be a part of these advocacy activities that they're participating in, not just asking them to do something, but really having them be a part of it. And I think digital tools like a community or even as something as simple as a Google Doc, right? Like maybe we're writing a blog with a customer and 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 we're sharing the Google Doc with them and they're they're commenting, they're they're leaving suggestions, they're making edits with us in the blog. How exciting is it when you see your customer in the same doc as you and, and you're collaborating at the same time? Um, I think that that's just, it's it kind of sometimes will give me goosebumps because it reminds me of how important that the product is, but it also shows me, wow, this customer's leaned in. They're they're helping us write their story. And, and that that's just a way for them to be even more represented in their own story. Um, and, and of course, how they're using and celebrating um, our partnership, which is great to see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if, if you ever get this way, but I honestly, you know, we work alone a lot and we work in our houses and, and when someone else is collaborating on a doc and you're in real time and they're cutting and pasting above you, it just, there's this mm -hmm. sense of like, togetherness that mm -hmm. happens and it, it feels really I don't know what the, I don't know how to explain the feeling it, it you just feel really connected and yeah. you feel like you know you're on the same team even though you work at different companies and you're yeah. across different time zones and it 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 has this like I don't know my best expression would be like you know when you see those scenes of a New York City street everyone's walking in the directions and you're like these people are busy and they've got somewhere to go and it's so that's kind right. of the feeling it's like you're 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 in this motion that's like it's it's such a positive reinforcement mechanism when that kind of mo when those special magic moments happen. I don't know. Absolutely, Sorry. I I couldn't agree more. You know, that seeing the names jumping across and and you know seeing your coworker or your customers, uh, you know, icon. That you know, it is it is exciting, and that's another that's collaboration. You know, we're not in the same room. But we kind of are in some, you know, weird technical way, um, even if we're thousands of miles away from each other. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely nice because I think you get a sudden awareness that somebody is in the same position that you're in and using the same keyboard and maybe they've got a blanket over their knees like you do and, and that kind of thing. It's very nice. Totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it kind of sounds like that kind of collaboration is is definitely a favorite part for you for the digital working in the digital space. But um, you know, over the years and and with your level of experience in it, do you do you have a favorite part of of working within this kind of sphere? Is there is there any particular um, you know tool or any particular event or anything any kind of like role that you you do that you you particularly enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things for me that was really exciting, and again, I, I'll revisit this idea of digital events and also remind us of hybrid events, events that both have a physical presence now that we're having more and more physical events, um, but also have the digital elements so that more people can experience an event. I think one thing that that is so exciting to see is that, you know, before before I joined Google Cloud um, and before we had our very first digital Google Cloud Next, all of the, you know, customer events that I that I had, I, we were always flying to the event. Um, you know, we, we hoped that our customers could make it, 
you know, we wanted this customer to be a speaker, but oh, they they couldn't be there because the day before they had something. You know, there's a there's a million and one stories like that, right? Or maybe you know, we really wanted our customer to be there, but they may have limited 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 budget, uh, or you know, we couldn't get them a pass, right? We all know these stories, and I think that this this introduction of digital events or uh, hybrid events that both have a physical and digital presence, I think really just make our customer marketing activities and our events, regardless if they're customer marketing or not, more inclusive. And I think what's really important these days is having an inclusive, inclusive approach to customer marketing, right? We want a diverse set of voices on our panels. Um, we want to hear from different people at different levels of the organization. Very often those customers that are able to travel, maybe they're executives and maybe your IT admin isn't able to fly out to an event um, just based on maybe some hierarchies, hierarchies of, of who can travel and who can't. So digital events have enabled us to have that more diverse set of thought in our panels. Um, they can, you know, people can consume the content regardless of whether or not they can be there in person. Um, and hey, if they wanna be there in person, they can be, but maybe their team can experience the content digitally if it's a hybrid event. So being exposed to digital events, being exposed uh, and being a part of creating strategy around digital events and how customers show up. Um, and then now this new pivot to hybrid events, um, and then maybe applying what we learned from digital events to physical events. Um, that's been a really, really great experience for me and, and has shown me that we can take this inclusive approach to marketing in every element, including events. Um, so I think that's been exciting for me and I, I hope to continue to kind of evolve that strategy. Yeah, um, it sounds like um, kind of hybrid between two the two ways of working is what is definitely developing into being the the preferred optional it's prevailing. It's prevailing, prevailing option for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we're seeing that you know not just in customer marketing but in the way people work in general. Most lots of lots of people are doing a hybrid version of working from home and in the office, and it, it tends to be like the more ideal uh, way of doing things. So, would you do you have any kind of predictions about where customer marketing and how customer marketing uses the digital space. Um, do you have any predictions for how that will then be used going on th throughout 2023, uh, but then also into 2024 as well? Yes, yeah, so my prediction is that we're gonna have to continue to find this balance between the physical and the digital. And I think that's we're finding this balance in the way that we work, in the way that we connect. Um, and I think also this balance in the way that we engage in customer marketing activities, whether it's the process of uh, getting our customers to participate, to the execution, to everything in between. We have to continue to try to find this balance, right? Because I think we'll likely never go back to the way that things were. But we also know that we do crave the, the physical connections as well with people. Um, and we did miss that when we couldn't, you know, during COVID when we, when we couldn't have it. Um, but we have discovered a lot of new things that work really well for a lot of people. So I think we just have to embrace 
and find this balance. We have to listen to each other and figure out what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I think we're all going to continue to learn from each other. Um, and I think that, you know, participating in events, um, you know, reading what other people write, uh, connecting with other people in your field, that's how we're going to find the balance because every experience that we have, someone's learned something really important and we have to just all listen to each other and learn from each other to find that balance um, of, of the, both the physical strategies um, and the digital strategies that are so important to make everyone be connected and in a really meaningful way. Yeah, it, it sounds almost like um, the what helps with the this kind of human connection, really, you know, digital, the digital workplace is always going to be a mix of making things a lot easier, making things a lot more automated, but also yeah really developing that kind of something that works for you and works for your customers, would you say? I think there's also going to be, you know, along with exactly what the direction Megan is taking us is mm. where I'm actually already starting to see some of this change is we always look at customer marketing almost like an end destination. Like how do we get more out of our customers? How do we upsell? But it's really this life cycle marketing, which is emerging at a digital scale, right? How do we get them to adopt and onboard and engage better out of the gates? How do we support customer success? Just like demand, new demand gen supports sales. How do we support success in those early days? How do we turn them into advocates from day one instead of waiting until all this value and time has elapsed, right? How do we get them used to interacting and knowing that we're here to digitally support them just as much? And you said this earlier, Megan, which is huge, is their success. They're the champions. They're the heroines of the story, right? So how do we make them the subject matter expert at their company? So everyone is like, wow, you're the go-to person for this. Yeah. And then how do we turn them after you make them internally successful? Then how do you turn them externally because you've helped them develop their voice. You've helped them become confident in what they're doing because it's through the skills and you actually are who you say you are. Now let's celebrate you, right? And so that's all a part. And so I think there's going to be a much stronger focus there because, you know, I've, I've used this analogy, I think, in one of the earlier podcasts, but this is the, and I will try and use this every podcast so people hear it again and again and again. It's my Vitamix analogy. If you go to Costco and you spend $800 and buy that Vitamix, right? You come home, there's no support, there's no manual, there's not right? And you maybe use it once, it's kind of hard to clean, you don't really know the right way to clean it, and it goes into your shelf, right? And it becomes shelfware that you never touch again. Do you think now if they're reaching out to me via mark, email and text messages and hitting me up through my Costco membership saying, hey, we've got this new ergonomic grip for $200 that you can put on there, it's really going to that's only going to erode my, my trust in them and my right. liking of them more. I'm going to be like, leave me alone. I don't even use it. But if I come home with that Vitamix and there's like this packet, they're like, here's this community of other people who are just like you. And this is how they create recipes in under six minutes for their kids before school and blah, 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 blah. And I feel connected to where I'm going to use that Vitamix so the freaking gears fall off of it. And that's actually what we do, right? Like we use our right. Vitamix. And, and now it's, they're not upselling me on the handle. I need it because I've worn the other one out. It's just a part of my evolution, my maturity with them as a product, mm -hmm. right? A partner. And so that's where I think a lot of us companies, we go straight to trying to sell the handle and we forget about how important 
the early stages are. And that is a digital space, right? That is digital support. Not right. that customer events and getting in person aren't all a part of that, but really to scale that early adoption, you can't, it can't all be in person. There's no physical, there's no possible way to make that happen. And so I really believe life cycle marketing in underneath the customer marketing umbrella is really going to have a, a, a stronger focus moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And really being a part of those milestones, right? And, um, you know, as our customers are hitting milestones, even those early milestones, you know, do they, are we reaching out and helping them celebrate those, those milestones? And, and do they know how to contact us as they hit new milestones? So again, it's all, yeah, this partnership and this, you know, being accessible through the digital space, you know, during this life cycle that you mentioned, whether it be, you know, with your Vitamix, when you, you know, use it for your first time and look up a recipe, like let's celebrate that milestone and you know how to connect with me when you hit that next one. Uh, to give a call back to some other of my podcasts or speaking at sessions is I love to talk about this idea of a two-way street with our customers. Um, it's the most important thing to me and I'm sure to most of us co-market uh, customer marketers and that two-way street can be facilitated by digital connection, especially early on. And you're, you know, nail, nail on the head with that one, Ari. And I think that that's something we can all kind of put in our tool belt to think about as we're building these partnerships with customers. I'm, I'm going to give a shameless plug now because it's something that we've been working on with, you know, several companies, VMware and these there's just is this new idea instead of just advocacy, which is like your 15 to 20% of your customer base. It's like, how do we connect and support all? So in that life cycle, it's loyalty, right? B2B loyalty. And so we are literally like plugging into LMSs, we're plugging so that you can incentivize people and bring them back on. Let's say you're taking a, an online course to become that subject matter expert. You get distracted, you turn it off. You don't come back. Well, now you can incentivize and say, hey, if you complete this course within a week, we'll give you X amount of points. If you complete it in two weeks, it's a smaller amount. So there's this time sensitivity but now it's that single points and gamification throughout your LMS, your community, your advocacy portal, all of these. So it feels like you know them as a customer. It's right. not, oh, here's your leaderboards for this community and here's this other leaderboard here and here's another, it's all one. It's all consistent and unified. And so we can't ever, we're always like, how do we smash this all together? You can't always smash it all together. You need different tools, but how do you make it feel? You hide the scenes. So how do you bridge those experiences so that it feels like one experience? That's what really matters. So that's what I love that we're, we're starting to do. And it, and yeah. I'm seeing customers like do this. And it's just, it's, it's a, to me, it's what we've been envisioning forever as customer marketers and hoping to get there. But it's like, it's evaded, avoid, uh, what's the word evaded us somehow yeah <laughs> it's actually into real life so it's it's fun exciting stuff yeah it's such a good such a good topic of conversation and I feel like we've just kind of like scratching the surface of this so maybe there'll be an opportunity to carry this conversation on uh, at a later point but for now thank you so much Megan thank you so much Ari for for joining for joining us today on customer marketing catch-up and uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you again before this conversation later on. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having us. It's a wonderful conversation. Thanks for including me.